Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Tom Wells here. Today is Friday, March the 30th, 2018, 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Your first daily dose of happy for this beautiful Friday. And uh, Tom, I think we agreed before we started the podcast today that it is a beautiful Friday because it's raining, not in spite of the fact that it's raining, but because <laughs> it's raining, especially for you and your area, right? Yeah, we had I've I've just been so thrilled to sit in my living room and look out the window and watch snowfall. It used to be one of my greatest pleasures before um global climate change. <laughs> but, um, okay. but now it's like when it happens, I love it because it's so wonderful because I it's for one thing it's really beautiful and the other thing I know that these giant trees around here in Colorado, these huge uh, junipers and pines and ponderosa pines and things are going to survive maybe if we get enough moisture and it's so exciting to feel like they're gonna possibly survive you know that's uh wonderful oh i think they will and and you have had drought conditions so i mean certainly you want to have the moisture come in now i have to ask mm -hmm. you did you do the esther hicks trick remember the esther hicks story where she looked yeah. out with abraham in her head and, and noticed everything around her was brown and not enough for the animals <laughs> to drink and so forth and, yeah, uh, I've been doing that as much as I can. I, I actually yeah. even put on um, one day for many hours uh, the sound of rain falling oh. on my Spotify station, so ah. that I could, so that I could just um, you know f identify with the rain coming down. Yeah. And of course, trying to to continually when I go out for walks in the woods and stuff, I I, I look for all the signs that things are really green and healthy and i don't look for the signs of things dying mm -hmm. i look for the signs of all the ones that are living and doing really well and thriving and you know because i if i'm in that vibration i'm doing all i can possibly do to to uh, contribute to the vibration around me of abundance and of enthusiasm for life and you know <laughs> and <it's laughs> allowing working. life to flourish it's working. It's I mean, working. You, you said it's you got working. like a couple inches of, of rain just the last couple of days or something like that. Yeah, of snow. Yeah. Oh, snow was it? Oh, okay. Well, even better. Yeah, yeah. and it melts right away, but it's it's snow, and that it just doesn't. Whether it's rain or snow, it's just wonderful to have moisture. It's beautiful. Absolutely, that's what green. And we can up. still get a lot more. We intend to get a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were also talking before the show about April showers bringing May flowers. We're just about ready to enter April, so the timing is perfect, <laughs> as usual. Yeah. Yep. Which, which is a good yep. thing. And it's Friday, so people who are working the 9 to 5 are getting happier and happier because at the end of the day, they get a couple days of release, which is a good thing. So more reasons to celebrate. Yeah. Every day there's reasons to celebrate, aren't there? There are, yeah. Well, that, that's also part of that positive mindset that we're all trying to develop. Um, mm -hmm. At least those of us who participate in and, and listen to this podcast are trying to do that. I can't say that for the entire population as a whole. There are some people who actually thrive on the idea of going after, you know, negative mindsets. Why that they would want to do that, I don't really know. I've lived with that much too long, and I've realized that that's not the way to go. But hey, you know, if that's what they want to do, okay, have fun, have at it, enjoy yourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a guy contact me um, who, after I gave a speech at my Toastmasters club last week, and I was telling the the positive reasons why Facebook should continue to be um, not a heavily regulated thing. Of course, um, I just believed in Facebook at the time as this this uh, social media thing that had redeeming qualities, you know, because it was created ostensibly for good reasons originally mm -hmm. and uh so then this one guy in the toastmasters club sent me an email unsolicited that just sort of said have you thought about how bad things really are with facebook and so he <laughs> sent me an article um about how people all over the world are using facebook as a major platform to scam other people into buying you know hundred dollar diet pills and and all these different things that are completely fake and phony and it's sort of like the snake oil salesmen are are flocking to facebook because it's providing them the the demographic analytics that they need to target their audiences and and everything they could possibly want in order to sell their um their scam to unsuspecting public so he sent me this bloomberg article and, and he asked me to please read it and consider it so i did and then i sent him back a uh you know, because he said, "Isn't isn't it the duty of 
of our citizens to um, to police such activity. And so anyway, it's a long story, but I sent him back an email and he sent me back an email and I sent him an email. And in the process, it, what came out was that this guy feels, as some of my friends do, that it's really important to focus on how dark things are and how negative things are so that we can, number one, admit the fact that there is contrast and that without the dark, we wouldn't have the light. And therefore, let's let's admit it and let's not deny any part of what's going on in the world. Let's Let's look at it all. Let's embrace it all. And then, you know, let's find solutions. And, um, you know, that if you're de- in denial and being a Pollyanna, I know you, you have that great story about Pollyanna, but <laughs> if you're putting your head in the sand that you're in denial and therefore um, it's not a good thing. And um, well, so I, anyway, I just want, I just want to say his, something. I want to say something. I agree with him. Sure. Everything he said up to the point where he said Pollyanna. I agree with well, you. No, I, 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 and I think I you do, that. too. I think you probably do, too. I mean, we do want to embrace that. Here's the thing that I don't agree with. I don't think we should stay embraced there. I don't think we should continue to embrace it forever because that's their position. They, they say, well, not only should you embrace it, but you should make it your life. You should focus on it. You should be, it should become the biggest thing that you think about. And it should get bigger and bigger and bigger. And we should all get bigger and bigger and bigger. It's like, well, wait a minute. Embracing mm-hmm. it for me is all about finding a way to overcome and let it go, to find a solution. All you're doing is building the problem. Yeah. All of my answers to him were essentially that. They were basically saying, you know, I welcome all emotions. I welcome all feelings. And because and, he was saying, you know, you need to let your heart break in order to have your heart really be open to the world. And, you know, and I, and I was saying, you know, I, I can agree with the fact that you have to feel feelings deeply because feelings are, are gu- they're a guidance system telling us, how to how to head back towards realignment with our source self. I said, I'm just putting my focus more on heading back to the realignment and on not believing that I have to go and dig into everything in the world to find all the negative Absolutely. things I possibly can oh, yeah. to say I don't feel like I have to dig into my past and my own life to find all the negative things I possibly can and expose them all to the light of the day so that then um, somehow by doing all that, I'm going to be free of them. I'd say instead, you know, I'll deal with what comes up, but I deal with it as it's a sign to me to which direction I really want to go with my focus and my energy in my life. And then I turn back towards my alignment with my heart and what feels good inside me. And that's where I put my focus. Mm -hmm. I agree. And, um, and so, you know, yeah. And I don't know how he felt about, you know, because I'm the one that had the last email. He didn't send me one after that. <laughs> but he did say at one point, he said, what you're saying is beautiful, and I applaud your ability to stay positive. Well, that's good. That's a breakthrough. That's good. Yeah. I mean, and he might have felt that all along. It's just yeah. that he, he, it's so the way that, you know, if you go to psychotherapists, I think, and to psychiatrists, and I don't know this for a fact, I've been to a number of psychotherapists over the years, but I've never done you know, like a, a really lengthy experience of that kind of work. But I really think that they do teach that um, you that it's really a good idea to be deeply um, immersed in looking straight at negative things. It's just that I think the thing that's not understood is that if you keep dredging it up, you, what you focus on is what you're going to continue to be preoccupied with. Thus, you know, a lot of people stay in psychotherapy for years and years and years. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, Joel looking at it over and over and over again. Joel has talked about that a number of times. He even mentioned it on the show yesterday, how there are people who will go to a therapist. And, and by the way, not all therapists are like this, but there are a large chunk of them who are. Um, they'll go to the therapist and it, it'll be like that talking type type of therapy where the, uh, the, the client is or the, the patient or whatever is, is just talking about the problem, talking about the problem, talking about the problem. And the therapist is encouraging them to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And it goes on for years and years and years. And they never actually get to the solution. They mm-hmm. never actually get to the solution. Yeah, they they unearth it, they they embrace it, they they eat it up. They 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 turn it upside down. They look at it from the top, they look at it from the sides, they look at it from all different ways, but they never actually solve it. Which yeah. is kind of like what you know, the, like your friend and I have had many friends who have done the same kind of thing where they're so focused on we have to be focused on this problem so we can solve it, but they never actually solve it. 
That's the thing. They never actually solve it. They keep focusing on the, well, we got this problem. This problem is, and we got to get this problem. This problem is just getting bigger and bigger. And this problem, well, if you're not looking at this problem, you got your head in the sand. Look at the problem because we got to solve the problem. <laughs> you don't solve the problem by looking at the problem all the time, guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, un- unfortunately, and now it's, yeah, I can say fortunately because I know this, is that I'm finding over the years of practicing law of attraction that one of the biggest things that I notice is how strongly I had bought into throughout my life to that way of thinking about yeah. life. Oh, me too. You know, yeah. that it's a problem. It's a problem-based life. And therefore, <clears throat> that, and that's what our whole show is about today. This whole podcast is about, we have developed really great ways of thinking very subtly and very con- consistently, at least I have, about Excuse me, about what's not working. Excuse me. But, you know, what, but to be able to have thought streams, you know, thought highways, as Abraham calls them, that we travel on that are filled with the thoughts of what we want in our life and what is working, that's, that's a whole other game that I have not learned in my life to play as well. Mm-hmm. I I learned the game that you can think about things that are exciting and fun, of course, but then <clears throat> what are the dangers? What are the worries? What are the potential problems? Are you focused enough on them so that so that you can be constantly vigilant and vigilant about not letting these things overwhelm you or not letting these things sabotage you or sneak up on you when you're not aware? You know, are you cautious enough? Are you paying attention enough to all the dangers? You know, when you're driving, you know, I mean, I remember it was taught, you know, like watch every single street that's coming up, every single car. What are they doing so that you catch that guy, that person who pulls out in the at the wrong time right in front of you or that motorcycle that's coming? And, and you know, and all that stuff's good. I mean, you've got to do that when you're driving. But are you doing it so much in your life that it's your pretty much your default state that yes. you've that you're created by habit? over many, many years, and you take it for granted that that's how to live your life is to be constantly vigilant, constantly diligent, constantly watching everything. So then what that does is it it makes it really difficult to be this incredibly positive person who then is in a vibration of attracting all the good. So today's show is about how can we get to the point where we're talking to ourselves consistently and excitedly and eagerly and positively about what we do want in our life so that we then attract more of that. Exactly right. And this whole concept of focusing on problems versus focusing on solutions is something that I only recently fully grasped. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been dealing with problems all my life. I've I've (laughs) talked many times here on the show that I was so good at focusing on problems that I through the law of attraction, I kept attracting more problems. And I would, you know, go after solving those problems, but from the perspective of looking at the problems and getting all worked up about the problems, and I get more problems. And it's such a subtle change, it's seemingly subtle change, when you finally realize that you're attracting problems and now what you have to do is focus on the solutions. And I say subtle because I mean, all along, especially if you're a habitual problem solver, you are solving the problems, right? You, you're coming up with solutions, and then you get the next problem that comes in. But mm. the, the difference, the subtle part, is recognizing that you're spending so much time on the problem and so little time comparatively on the solution that you're attracting more problems than you are solutions. Whereas if you solve a problem and then spend a lot of time on that solution and enjoy it and get excited about it, and pay a lot less attention to the problem, you get more solutions than you get problems. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. that's a subtle difference, but it's a really important one because that's the difference between being a healthy, happy, vibrant person and being someone who's obsessed with keeping your eyes peeled. <laughs> it's yeah. a different yeah. mindset. It's a completely yeah. different. Now, both of them are paying attention to what's going on. The yeah. difference is one is obsessed with all the things going wrong and the other one is obsessed, if you want to call it that, with all the things that are going well and all the solutions and all the happy things that are coming out of it. Yeah. It's a mindset that's very prevalent in the society. And, and like I say, was taught to us, you know, very carefully by parents and teachers and everything that, 
you know, about how many things to watch out for and to be uh, cautious about, you know, like that's, that's sort of like that it's a dangerous world. And uh, I can understand that, you know, you go walking in the desert, you don't want to step on a rattlesnake, but I've been walking in the desert so many times in so many parts of the desert. And I've only seen a rattlesnake once, you know, <laughs> and it's, there's just not that many around and they run from people, you know, they hate it when people, you know, surprise them. And that's the only time they strike is when they're surprised. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so the fear that we have about things, you know, the expectation of what, you know, the boogeyman in the dark, it's really not, not that prevalent. You know, you can be out in the dark so many nights and never, you know, run into any real dangers. I mean, even in the woods, you know, that, it's just not that that many animals out in the middle of the Rocky Mountains that are going to stalk you in the middle of the night. Although, you know, it could happen. But, it's possible. You know, it is possible. It's just really rare for all the people that go camping in the Rocky Mountains, how many people ever encounter a bear, how many people ever get stalked by a mountain lion. I mean, it's so rare. It's so rare. It's but, all, yeah, it could, ha it could happen. But One of the know, things that are really big around here, um, we have a lot of brown bears in northern uh -huh. Connecticut. Um, and I mean, there are, every single year, Louise and I both see, we have n numerous sightings. I mean, I've had them cross my path when I was taking one of my walks, um, numerous times, a lot of times I've had that happen. I remember one uh -huh. time I, I do the podcast from, um, one of our, our spare bedrooms and it's, it faces out on the parking lot because we live in an apartment complex. It faces out on a parking lot and you can see where the dumpsters are because they have the dumpsters out there. And I'm looking mm -hmm. out there one day and there's this bear climbing into the dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah. oh my God, there's a bear out there climbing into the dumpster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And when you're not used to it, it is frightening. It's a little bit, oh my God. And, and then you have them walk like, you know, 50 yards away from you, crossing your path and giving you a look like, uh, is he looking at me like I'm lunch? <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. What's going on and, here? But after a while, yeah. after you see it happen over and over again, you start to relax and you start to realize, you know, no one's getting attacked. That's a good thing. Yeah, right, right, right. And if you're just reasonably cautious, then I guess that's what we're talking about is reasonable caution or the right balance of caution. It's sort of like, you know, the right balance of contrast. Contrast is necessary in order to have the appreciation of things we love. You know, there there needs to be these times we go through, and and um, that's what this planet is based on contrast. But do we need this massive focus on the shadow side of everything in order to then appreciate the light? And I contend, yes, it's important to feel all of our feelings and to feel them to the depth of those feelings, but to use them as a guidance system to turn back towards the light to turn back towards the thing we want. And the purpose of this podcast is to give an example, to give examples and a little bit of, you might say, training to our listeners and to ourselves, Walt, of how do we create positive self-talk? What what's it like to give that to ourselves? And how can we develop the muscles of a new habit mm -hmm. of beginning to speak the words that will take us in the direction we want to go and will become a stronger habit eventually than the, than the default thoughts in our mind that go to fear, worry, anxiety, um, you know, caution, all those um, things that keep us sort of stuck in the shadow side of things and the worry side of things and the fear side of things and the anger side of things and the sadness side of things. So we're agreeing that we don't want to live in the negative. We're agreeing that, that that's our, the assumption for the podcast. Because if we're, if we're not going to agree on that, then we can't even pursue the idea of, of positive self-talk. Um, but as long as we're agreeing that that's the case, then first of all, I think we can reassure ourselves. We do this Just because we're wanting to engage in positive self-talk doesn't mean we're going to be oblivious to dangers. It's just right. that we're not going to spend a lot of time on them. We're going to spend as little time as possible. I mean, when I'm driving my car, I, I'm always very concerned about other drivers because, let's be perfectly honest, most drivers are crazy. <laughs> I mean, they really yeah, are. You know, there's true. just a lot of crazy drivers out there. And it's not even most. Don't say most. It's not even most. It's actually a small percentage, but it seems like yeah. it's most, right? Well, right. okay, so, so I keep my eyes peeled. Now, when I'm keeping my eyes peeled, 
what do I do? Am I constantly like, oh my God, there's going to be an attack somewhere. Somebody's going to drive in front of me? No. I just want to know what people are. That's all. I want to know where I am in relation to everybody else on the road. I want to yeah. understand, you know, how much distance is there. If you want to find a way, here, here's a really good way to, to start very early on to, to just start the process of moving to a positive mindset. Don't travel in packs. Because that's what cars do. They, they travel in packs on the highway. And it's always like this, this little tight pack that's racing its way along and so forth. Don't travel <laughs> in a pack. You, you make it your, your, your dream, make it your goal to be as separated from the other cars as possible. <laughs> and that alone will calm you down in ways that you hadn't even expected because all of a sudden, all those things you've been looking for won't be there. Hmm. Wow. That's interesting. It's one of the best things that we actually can yeah. do as drivers no, is just, just, just to relax about it and just move away. You know, somebody's trying to, to race you. Don't race them. Back off. Yeah. Slow oh, yeah. down. It's okay. And when yeah. you do, you just watch the drive off and you laugh like, boy, are they idiots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I learned that at long distance driving exactly. for many, many years. Yeah. Just to get over in the right lane and relax a little bit. And any of those people that are out there stressing and trying so hard to compete for, you know, being ahead of the other guy, yet you can just sort of get out of the game. And, and I'm not even one of the slowest cars on the road by far. I'm probably one of the faster cars on the road. And, mm-hmm. and some people people are going to say, well, how can that be? Well, I'm not trying to race people. Just because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm one of the faster cars doesn't mean I'm trying to race people. I'm not. There's yeah, a big right. difference there. You do not have to be closing in on people and fighting for position in order to drive as one of the faster cars. You don't have to. You really don't. <laughs> no, you don't. No. So one, one way that I want to suggest that we address this thing of positive self-talk today is I, I transcribed a, um, a segment of Abraham oh, cool. speaking about um, positive self-talk. Oh, and I right. thought what I would do is read it, and then we could use that as a launching pad yeah, to sure. talk about this further. Because actually, after diving into this topic and transcribing several Abraham segments on it, I realized that there's a whole lot of segments that they've given on this and that it's an actually really good topic to perhaps spend a few shows on because um, it's something I really want to learn. And I'm guessing that you might want to really learn it and our listeners might really want to learn it once we, once we look at what it really consists of. Because, as you'll see when I read this, that um, it's not a habit yet. As I said earlier in the show, it's, it's, an, it's something that I realized over my last five years of focusing on Abraham's work uh, a lot that, and as a life coach that I'm still developing. And I'm, I've noticed with my clients, one of the biggest questions they say was, how do I talk to myself in this way? How do I tell a better feeling story? Because this all comes down to telling stories to ourselves that the, are the stories that we'd rather be hearing than the other story. And to notice when we're telling the story that is not going to get us what we want and then changing that to this new story. And like I say, it's not a muscle we've developed, but it's, it's true. actually we need, we, we takes need to. practice. Oh, yeah, Our- I agree. We definitely need to develop it more. I haven't been working on it myself, and and I know how important it is to work on it just by how much resistance I've found that I've built up over the years and that I'm peeling away one layer at a time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree completely. This is definitely so something we this, need to do. This thing that I have to read, how do you feel about me reading it? It's about, yeah. um, I don't know, six, seven, eight minutes long. And yeah, I'll, go for it. I, I, and it'll give us a great platform, I think, for our discussion. I may, I may even interrupt it if I hear something that's worth talking about, but yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, and and definitely just uh, jump in. Okay, um, I understand. <clears throat> this is Abraham speaking. I understand that the only thing that is necessary for me to live happily ever after is to continue to to define what I want and to believe that what I want can be. And as long as I have those two things in place. Then there will be never-ending evidence that will show me the path to how to get from where I am to where I want to be. And if I've made peace with the fact that I'm standing in the place not yet where I want to be, but where I want to be is stretched out before me, then there is a satisfaction in where I stand because there is another eternal where I want to be. But what it all comes down to is how do I feel right here, right now, in this moment? Am I resonant with the source within me or am I not? That really is what it all comes down to. 
So if we were standing in your physical shoes, we'd be out there every day looking for things that we want to see. And we would be making lists of things that have not yet come into our experience. If we live in a house and the house is satisfying in some ways, we'd be looking for ways that it could be improved. If we have conversations with some people that are satisfying, we'd be looking for ways that those conversations could be more satisfying. If we are satisfied with the way our children are responding to us, we'd be looking for more ways that we could find more satisfaction in the ways our children are responding to us. Yeah, we don't do that very often, do we? We We don't spend a lot of time on asking for more of the good stuff. We just say, oh, the good stuff came. Okay, next. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's like this is that was kind of a revolutionary little paragraph to me because it, it's saying that, you know, oh, you know, here I am in this condo I live in and it's got all kinds of things that I appreciate about it. And what else would I like to have in a in a living situation? Um, I love that. Also, you know, like I've I've been having some pretty good conversations with some of my friends, but what would be even more satisfying in my conversations mm, with my friends? Yeah. And the very two things that they say. Um, or, you know, I've been I've been dating lately and I've been having some pretty good dates. And what would even be more satisfying in the women that I meet? What would be even more something that would be things, qualities that I want to see in, in a partner? Or what could I bring to the relationship that would make me a better partner for a woman that I might meet? You know, how could I be more resilient in my conversations? So we can always be looking for things you know, and not, and not to, I think, to be obsessed with it, you know, to where it becomes a chore and becomes like a duty or an obligation, but just is it fun you know, to look at how we could be improving our situation? Well, I think there's also a fear that's involved here, too. The fear is if you focus on this stuff too much, then you're being greedy. This whole oh. concept of greed, I, I have looked at this concept of greed up close for many years. Huh. And what I've come to realize is that greed has nothing to do with the person who is supposedly greedy. It has absolutely nothing to do with that person. It has to do with the person who's calling them greedy. Hmm. The person who's calling them greedy is saying, I don't like the fact that you're taking all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And the fear is, well, if you're taking all that stuff, there isn't going to be any stuff left. You're yeah, keeping it all. You're hoarding it. You're by. keeping it all to yourself. It actually is a yeah. false fear. Well, all fears are false except for the ones where the, the lion is actually chasing you. But, <laughs> but, but uh, the point is most of them are fears that are just false fears and, and the, the acronym false evidence appearing real, F-E-A-R, right. fear. Right, know, that, right, that's yeah. really what most fears are. That, this is an example of that. That is a fear that is a false evidence appearing real situation where if mm-hmm. I see you, Tom, and you're enjoying this and you're enjoying that and then you're asking for more and more and more and more, you're greedy. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid. I'm calling you greedy because I'm afraid. It's my mm. fear that's making the greed concept come up. Not anything that you're doing, it's me. And once I recognize that's the case, then I know that in order to eliminate greed, all I have to do is change my mindset. And now greed yeah. goes away. And another thing about more is that we didn't we weren't taught a lot of us to to continue to pile the fun on. You know that it's okay to pile on good feelings. It's okay to add to more fun and more fun and more fun. Some people are really good at that. And and um, if you are, congratulations. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm getting better at it all the time. I'm so much better at it than I was before I really started diving into law of attraction mm, work. Me too. And I'm, I really recognize now that I want to cultivate fun. Um, so in other words, they say, in other words, we would never stop reaching for more. We would never stop reaching for more on purpose. But along with reaching for more and reaching for more on purpose, we would be adding these powerful words and we would practice them, practice them until we know them. And here's what they would say. And uh, this isn't too long, but it's long enough. <laughs> everything, everything is always working out for me. Everything is always working out for me. That's a good one. Everything, everything is always working out for me. Things are always working out for me. Things are always working out for me. Everything is working out for me. And since things are always working out for me, and since I know that things are always working out for me, then what other things would I like to define that I I would like to be working out for me? Since things are always working out for me, then I want to begin to apply my attention towards the things I would like to be working out for me. I want to define more clearly what things I would like to be working out for me. What things, what specific things would I like to be working out for me? What would really ring my bells? 
What kind of things would really ring my bells? Well, I would like to have a confidence about me. I feel guided to feel guided about where to go. I would like to have good timing. I would like to feel that I'm riding on a cloud or a magic carpet of momentum. I would like to feel the universal forces working with me. I would like to look into the world and have a sense of who I am. I would like to have a full sense of who I am. I would really like to be so integrated with the fullness of who I am that I'm accepting this world in the fullness of all that it is. I would like to look into the world and I would like to appreciate the components that have been before that have led to what is right now. I would like to live in a constant state of appreciation. I would like to be an uplifter. I would like anyone who comes in contact with me to benefit as the result of our being together. I would like to not feel bad when that doesn't happen. I would like to be in a place where if I'm not at my best, where if I'm not even close to my best, and that I don't beat up on myself for not being my best because I know that like the ocean, I have an ebb and a flow too. I would like to be completely accepting of myself and of everyone else. And I would like to trust in the law of attraction and the information that it gives me. I want to be the being that I am born to be. I want to be in this physical body. I want to be all that I was born to be. I want to have fun. I want to have clarity. I want to feel energy. I want to feel good. And I want to wake up eager for the day. I want to sleep good and I want to eat well. I want others to have that too. I want people to feel good. I would like people to know the value of who they are. I'd like that. I would like to be in a place where I can help people know the value of who they are. I don't want to come at it all at once, just one at a time. I'd like to tune into the frequency of who I am and spread the joy of who I am. I would like to be consistently in my own joy. I would like to be a catalyst to helping people feel good. I would like to be someone who is such a catalyst to helping people feel good that I don't even notice when they don't. I would like to be so true to my vibrational frequency that anything I want is flowing into me and anything I don't want is flowing out of me. Understanding that there will always be contrast on the edge of what I'm living. Oh, that's it. I would like to control my contrast better. I would like to be better at inviting the contrast. I would like the contrast to come in the form of a question that I'm seeking the answer to rather than in the form of a problem to which I'm needing, needing a solution. I would like the problems of the world to be distant enough from me that I'm able to see them in an objective sort of sense. I don't want to be swallowed up in the problems. I want to be on the peripheral of the problems. I want to be out there on the edge of the problems close enough that I can help to find the solution, but not so wrapped up in the problem that I'm lost in the problem. Mm. I want to know that source energy is always flowing to me and through me, always flowing to me and through me available at all times. And I want to feel all right about not being in the vibrational vicinity of source. I love knowing that source loves me at all times, even when I'm not in the vibrational vicinity. I like knowing that the gaze is never taken from me. I like knowing that pure positive energy has its gaze upon me at all times. I like knowing that source is keeping source's promise to me, and it is my intention to start right now keeping my promise to myself more of the time. I am going to have way more fun. I'm going to look for reasons to feel good. I'm going to take good care of me. I'm going to serve myself first and foremost. I'm going to tend to my vortex. Then I'm going to do anything else that I have time for. Very nice. Yeah, that's good. Very good. <laughs> By the way, so, when, you, when you started that, I, I, I heard someone objecting in my head. I mean, it was an imaginary uh -huh. sermon, someone obviously. But uh, the objection was you, you start off by saying, things are always working out for me. Mm -hmm. And the objecting person said, no, they aren't. Yeah, Things right. don't always work out for me. Right. You know, you, you're starting with something I can't believe in. Right. And, and that's literally true. Very often when we're starting out with this stuff, we, we have a hard time believing in it. So I want to propose just an amendment to the beginning of that wonderful little rampage of positivity. And that is, okay, start with your belief. Things aren't always working out for me. Mm -hmm. And then move it a little bit. Say, well, things are sometimes working out for me. And then yeah. once you're okay with that, then move it to, well, things often work out for me. 
<laughs> and then you can move it to, well, actually, now that I think about it, things usually work out for me if I give them enough time. And if you keep working that way, you can finally get to things always work out for me. In fact, mm-hmm. this is where uh, I love the little phrase that was used in the movie The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. Everything will work out in the end. And if it's not all right, then it's not yet the end. Yep. And you see, that's that's what you've done is you've you've found something that works for you. You've found a number of things that work for you that you can say to yourself that turn you towards the life that you want, towards exactly. the dreams that you want, towards the fulfillment of the things that you want. And that positive self-talk is the thing that uplifts you into a vibration of allowing those things to flow to you from your vortex. And what I'm proposing in this podcast, and perhaps the next one or two that I would like to be part of, is that we work on our self-talk. In other words, I would like to try it with you and invite you to try it with me so that we can give an example to our listeners of and to ourselves of what is it like when you focus on your own positive self-talk and you practice it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, like in tapping – you know, I don't know how many of you folks out there in the listening audience do tapping, but tapping starts by saying, you know, um, even though I still sometimes speak in ways to myself that lead me in the opposite direction of what I want, I know that I can also say things that lead me in the direction that I want, even though sometimes I still get sad and fearful about not having the amount of money that I want to have in my life. I know that I can begin to move towards having the amount of money in my life. And I know that I can eventually have that money in my life, even though sometimes I still worry about the bills that are coming in and about the fact that I don't have the amount of money in my bank account that I wish I did. I believe that I will have that amount of money eventually and that I'm on my way to that. And, and that's what you say as you're tapping, you know? And so if if that's where we're at with our self-talk, that's where we're at with our self-talk. But we can eventually get to the point that we're, this is an example of Abraham doing self-talk. Right, right, know? yeah. And, really, and of course, really every too. single sentence really is an uplifting sentence. Right, yeah. So, yeah, I'm totally on board. I'd say let's, let's see what we can do. Let's see what we can demonstrate for our audience what we do in terms of trying to get that self-talk into that really positive place. And, and it is the thing that you have a passion for, Walt, which you've talked about quite a bit. And you put up something on Facebook this week about, you know, how can we tell better feeling stories? Better how feeling can we stories. tell the yeah. stories that that we want to be telling about our lives? And this is a chance to do it, um, to practice it a little bit. Now, I'm what I would suggest is that, you know, first I go or first you go and and then what we do is we limit it to, say, a paragraph worth or a okay. few sentence worth, yep. you know, and then see how that feels. <laughs> yeah. Because I, here's the thing that you said in the beginning, and I really agree with you. It's got to be believable. Mm. You know, that if, you, if, you're, if you're trying to get, like, um, Abraham gave the example through Esther when she was a little girl and she would go to the merry-go-round in the park or at the school. And she wants to get on, but the kids that are already on it are spinning it really, really fast. Mm-hmm. And if you if you move towards that thing and you try to get on, you can literally get knocked down, you know. And right. and that would actually happen to kids. And I think it, she said it happened to her, where you would get knocked down and and thrown away from the merry-go-round because it's going too fast. And so, if you want to get onto your merry-go-round of positive statements. You've got to have it going at a speed that you can relate to. That's right. That you can handle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, well, when I started my mirror work, I'm on, I don't know if I told you, Tom, I'm on day 41 of my mirror work. So I've, I've reached my 40 day um, goal yesterday, which was, Congratulations. Yeah, I, and I didn't realize it at first, but I counted it all up and said, oh my goodness, it's 40 days. I finally got here. Mm-hmm. And my first thought when I got to 40 days was, well, why do I want to stop now? I want to keep going. <laughs> to heck mm-hmm. with reaching goals. Okay, I'm just going to keep going and going and going. So that's where I am right now. But that's I remember great. that first day. I remember that one vividly. That first day. Now, with, with the mirror work that I'm doing, basically what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to express love and appreciation to myself 
while looking at myself in the mirror, looking directly into my own eyes, so to speak. And mm-hmm. in the process of doing that, I'm supposed to build myself up, get myself into, you know, start developing that belief, right? Belief is a thought mm-hmm. that we think over and over again. So I'm not just trying to think it. I'm trying to say it. I'm trying to say it uh-huh. to myself. So first day, okay, I'm going to do my mirror work today. And, and oh, and by the way, for those who haven't heard it, my motivation for doing the mirror work, which, you know, any of these kinds of affirmation things I've never really liked doing because I've, I've always given up on them too soon and they just didn't work and all this other stuff. So here I am trying to do another one, right? But this one, I was motivated to do it because Jack Canfield, the author of Chicken Soup for the Soul, said that he used it to get rid of his negative self-talk. I said, oh, well, okay. I'm willing to give that a shot because I'm really sick of the negative self-talk. So, okay, day one, get in front of my mirror. I'm looking at myself in the mirror. I'm trying to make myself smile, and I'm turning beet red, and I, and I start to say something like, I love you, and I can't even look at it. I'm turning away. I'm done. End of day one. <laughs> that was day one. <laughs> I couldn't handle any more than that. But I did what I could handle. Okay. Big question, will I even do day two? <laughs> yeah. I wasn't so sure. Well, day two comes along, and I still have Jack Canfield's admonition that this will get rid of your self-talk. I'm like, boy, I really want to get rid of that self-talk. So, okay, I'll try one more time. Day two, okay, look myself in the mirror. Try not to look away. <laughs> I couldn't say I love you. I couldn't do it. So I said, I really appreciate you. There you go. And, and, and I, I, that felt a little bit less uncomfortable, you know, <laughs> a little bit less self-absorbed. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and so I, I, I kind of grinned, and, I, and then I fought really hard to keep my eye contact with myself. And I don't even remember what the other thing I said. It was probably something like, you know, you're doing well, something along that line, something that I could at least buy into to some degree. Uh-huh. And 10 seconds of that, that was about it. Okay, I've done it. I've done my mirror work day two. <laughs> right. But I did increase it, right? Day three mm-hmm. was about 15 seconds. By around, uh, well, day four actually was when it was starting to get a lot less uncomfortable. And so day mm-hmm. four, I actually spent probably about a half a minute. And, and I don't know exactly what I said, but it was something along the lines of, you know, you're doing this. You know, <laughs> you didn't think you'd be able to do this, but you're doing this. Can you imagine four days ago saying that you would actually be able to talk in the mirror, looking at yourself in your own eyes in the mirror for how long we've been doing it now? 15 seconds? Wow, it's only 15 seconds. Okay, so let's see. What else can I say? Um, I think you're doing great. I, oh, God, I'll try it. I love you. Oh, geez, that hurt. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but I'm just doing stuff like that, just trying to push myself to say a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. By Mm -hmm. like day 10 or 15, something like that, I was using it as a way to do segment intending. I was saying, okay, we're off to a good start. I love you. I think you're great. I think you're fantastic. This is going to be a great day. Today, we're going to be doing X, Y, and Z, and it's going to be amazing. We're going to just fly through X, Y, and Z. The X, Y, and Z are things that would normally take all day to do. We're going to get done in an hour and a half. It's going to be that kind of a day. And I'd get done. I'd say, whoa, did I say that? (laughs) Yeah, Did right. I really say that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Now, now it means I have to live up to it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how I do the self-talk. And, and it's like one terrifying, stumbling step after another, but trying to make it a little bit longer, a little bit longer, a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. So would you like to go first and give us an example of a paragraph of it or some of it? Uh, well, I gave pieces, but let me see if I can put one together. Um well, I'll talk about the one that I, I, I intended for today. So I start off by saying, I love you. And I'm saying that without flinching, without looking away. This is a good thing. And I appreciate you. And I am so proud of what you're doing. Today is day 41 of doing this mirror exercise. And look how far you've come. I mean, the self-talk, the negative self-talk disappeared around day 30. It kept fading and fading up to that point, and And it disappeared. Whoa, that was really cool. Well done. This shows you really can do this stuff. You really are good at this stuff. So for today, today we got the podcast with Tom. And that podcast is, I mean, doing it with Tom is always easy anyway, because he just you know goes off on these wonderful directions. It's so easy to uh, comment on. So that's going to work out really well. And then after that, um, you got the book you're going to be working on, because the, the book, by the way, Tom, the book is almost completely edited. The only thing that's left right now for the first round of edit is for me to finish my stories. Everybody else's you stories I've, I've done. So yeah, we're, we're really close there. And 
you know, that it's going to be a fantastic day because if uh, when I can get those stories done, it means the first draft is essentially done. I mean, I have to put all the stories into a single document, so it's a single book, mm-hmm. but they're there. And yeah. once I get them into that, that final document, then I can do like one more read through, make some more changes, and then share them with the authors. And now we're getting ready to launch. This is going to be exciting. This is going to be fantastic. So, so here's an example. How's that? You're amazing that you could get that done in that amount of time and, and <laughs> you're just such a great editor well thank you but but there's an example of really talking myself up now that i couldn't have done that the first day but i can do it now and yeah. i do that because i keep practicing it over and over and over again trying to stretch it out a little bit more every day mm-hmm. so there's my example how about one from you <laughs> well i was going to tell um to to listeners that one really good way to start doing this, I believe is to talk about what, what you appreciate mm-hmm. um, because that's a, uh, you know, that's the highly recommended by Abraham is that you have a book of positive aspects or you could call it an appreciation journal that you write every day or every other day, whenever you feel inspired to write in that journal, things that you appreciate. So I I've done this many, many days and let me give, I'll just I'll just t- totally go off the top of my head here and see what I can say about okay. about my life. Okay, um, I really appreciate the fact that I'm learning how to do positive self talk. I I love the fact that I care so much about what I want in my life that I that I want to develop this new muscle of speaking from a place of positive expectation about what I want. It's exciting to be in this body and to know that I'm an infinite being who wants to really express all my possibilities of being here. This is a place that I'm excited about being because why not be excited? This is all I've got. This is my life. This is everything. I want to be full of possibility. I, I appreciate the fact that here I have another day. I woke up this morning feeling eager. It was so wonderful to wake up feeling eager and to get out of bed and feel like I have my day ahead of me and anything is possible today. I could get on this podcast and I could hear myself say positive things that could reinforce in my heart the, the life that I want for myself. I, I, I'm choosing to be a person who reinforces the life I want for myself. So I know that Today, I'm going to do positive things towards finding a new condo. I know that this moving out of this condo can be an exciting process where I can have more of what I want in my next place. I can be a creator by literally saying what I want to have, that I want to have that fantastic view out of my windows, that I want to have this nice amount of room in my new condo. I want to have the room to entertain friends. I love having friends over for dinner. I love having friends over to play music. This condo can be a place where I feel light coming in from the south and the east and the west and my condo can be flooded with this beautiful light and I have a deck that I can walk out on and sit in the sun and read and people can walk by and I can have great conversations with people going by if I want to or if I just want to sit there and close my eyes and meditate I can have this feeling of just tranquility and ease and joy this is this is what I'm choosing in my life I'm choosing to have have happiness. I'm choosing to have joy. That's my default state. Why wouldn't I want to always let myself have my default state? Of course, that's what I'm letting myself have. I, 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 I just love saying statements that are about what I want. I, I can do that. I have that option. I don't have to go into the statements that talk about you know, how hard it is. But you know, when I'm feeling that it's hard, when I'm feeling that it's hard to come up with statements that are, that are positive and exciting and fun and fulfilling, I'm going to just be in complete forgiveness of myself. I love being allowing of the fact that I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to have all this right. In fact, I can't ever get it wrong, but, but I, but I feel sometimes like I, I'm doing it wrong. And that's okay if I feel that sometimes because I'm moving beyond that. You know, I forgive myself for the fact that I have habits. I accept myself for the fact that some of my old habits don't always, up, they're not always uplifting to me, but I can allow them to transform. And that's the beauty of my life. It's like, 
it's a constantly transforming, shifting event that is literally I'm shifting paradigms from old ways into new ways. And I'm becoming a new person every moment of my life that I embrace that new way of being. I love that. That's great. I, I especially love, there was one thing that you said like toward the end there that I really loved. And it's, I think that something that we all really need to do more often. You said, I forgive myself. And wow, that is so important. I mean, we all hear about how important it is to love yourself. But <laughs> the fact is most of us aren't really good at it. You know, we haven't really practiced it very much. And one of the best places to start is to forgive ourselves for whatever, for whatever it is that we feel like we're lacking in, for whatever it is that we feel like we're not doing well enough. Forgive mm -hmm. ourselves. Forgiving mm -hmm. actually takes the sting out of that. It takes the pain away. Forgiving is a way of releasing resistance. And it, it's one of those concepts. Forgiveness is one of those concepts that gets so twisted around by society. Society treats forgiveness as if you're forgiving the other person for their sake. But what you're really doing is you're forgiving for your sake. Forgiveness is for the person doing the forgiving. It's not for the person who's being forgiven. It's for the person who's doing the forgiving. And yeah. when you understand it that way, not only is it easier to forgive others for what they're doing, it also becomes easier to forgive yourself. Because now it's not about how horrible the thing were, was that you were doing. It's about how much you love yourself enough to let go of it. And as uh, and that's really beautiful. You know, I, I really think that forgiveness for a lot of us has a lot of traction. And it's interesting that Abraham said, we don't even have to talk about forgiveness because you've never done anything wrong yes, in your right. whole life. <laughs> yeah. you know, and so, it, you know, in a way, I, I'm surprised that I still go there, but it shows me how I still have a mentality entrenched in me of thinking that I've done something wrong, you know, that I'm somehow not adequate enough. And that's not true. I am, I am 100% adequate, but that's one of those things about, yeah, but I obviously must not totally yet believe it because I still use the word forgiveness, mm -hmm. you know, as if, as if it's entrenched in me, this idea that I'm, I'm not yet good enough. And so there's this perfectionism thing that I know I've been dealing with a good part of my life, which has told me that, you know, that I have to be, I have to achieve this extremely high level of achievement in order to be good enough in the eyes of myself. Mm. And of course I was trained in the eyes of others, but, but I have internalized it. And right. so, you know, I'm, I'm slowly letting, I call it letting the air out of those tires. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like if certain things in my life that are, I have so much pressure around, you know, like, like that high pressure in a tire. And as you let that air out, you know, it just becomes easier and more gentle and easier and more gentle. And of course, maybe that's not a great analogy. Cause then you say, well, how's your car going to go down the road? If you're <laughs> on the road? But, uh, you know, you can only take the analogy so far. What, <laughs> what I'm saying I, is, hey, you know, hey Tom, I, I forgive please. you for that. <laughs> yeah, forgive me, Walt. Forgive me, Father. You know, I was raised Catholic, so you know, oh, you, you? you go to the confession every week and you say, "Bless me, Father, for I have sinned." Oof. You know, I, I've, you know, I need to be forgiven. And then each week, I had to think of the things that I really screwed up. <laughs> you know, it's like, where did I screw up? Where did I screw up this week? Where did I screw up? Where did I screw up? Venial sin, you know, venial sin is a, is a small sin. A mortal sin is a grave sin. So then I had to think, did I do any mortal sins? Jesus, what did I do? Oh my God. And you know, most of the time I, I always figure ah, I'm pretty much a venial sin guy. So you know, father, <laughs> you know, I, I told my mother, you know, where to get off. I, I hit my brother in the arm, you know, and so, you know, I did these things, but it would be like, and then he'd say, okay, man, here's your penance, you know, go out into the church and say, or say a couple of rosaries and, you know, 200 Hail Marys and 200 Our Fathers. And, and I'd go out there and sit there in the pew for half an hour and, you know, Hail Mary full of grace, Lord is with, you know, I know for people who aren't Catholic, forgive me, I'm going off on the Catholic. Moment. No, no, I think it's actually very good to, to hear what is, what goes on there. What, what conditioning there? take place? Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, it was good for me to just say it because it remind. I haven't thought about that in for a long time. Wow, I was heavily conditioned to in the fact of saying you you do bad things and you need to be forgiven and you need to atone for the bad things that you've done. So I have that in my makeup 
you know, of course, now I don't want to say that anymore that I have it in my makeup. I'd rather just say, no, the only thing I'm choosing now is to go forward and looking for speaking in this way that Abraham speaks, where where I basically say that that I I am choosing to speak about the things that I want and the things that are working for me and the things that are the positive way of talking about my life. That's the way to do it too. I mean, that, that the one thing that has always bothered me about Christianity, not just Catholicism, but all Christianity is the focus on the negative. There is a tremendous amount of focus on the negative. And I don't think most Christians even realize that they think of it as focusing on positives, And yet what comes out of their mouths when they talk about it is negatives. And, and yeah. it's one of those things that it's like a blind spot. They don't even realize they're doing it. But for me, the whole message that I get out of it is, well, I don't want to focus on negatives all the time because I don't want to live in the negative. If right. I want to live in the positive realm, I know I cannot spend all my time in negative. It just, you, it's one or the other. You can't be both positive and negative at the same time. You might right. be able to vacillate your attention. Here's a negative. Here's a positive. Here's a negative. Here's a positive. You know, this is where I feel good. This is where I feel bad. This is where you, can, you might be able to do that, but you can't do them at the same instant. Mm-hmm. At any one instant, you're either focusing on something that feels good, something that you prefer, or you're focusing on a negative, something that doesn't feel good, something that you don't prefer. But you yep. can't be focusing on both simultaneously. So because of that, I want to spend a lot more of my time focusing on what I prefer and a lot less of my time focusing on what I don't prefer. Now, do I want to put my head in the sand, like in our earlier discussion? Do I want to avoid the fact that there are all these things that, that could get me? Well, no, I came out into the contrast to embrace all of it. I just don't want to live there. I just don't want to stay in that space. Yeah, okay, I see it. Great. There's a danger over there. I just won't go there. I'm going to go over here because I like that over there much, much better. So I'm going to focus on going over there. But but there's a danger over there. That's, who cares? I want to go over there. Over there mm-hmm. is where the beauty is. Over there is where the joy is. Over there is where the fun is. I want more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm I'm proposing that for the next, uh, like we have a show on, I have a show with you on Monday morning mm-hmm. and Tuesday night, our show where we have call-ins from our guests. That's right. And I'd like to have both of those shows focus on this continuing development of what is it? Sure. What is it like when you do positive self-talk? What is it like when you tell better feeling stories? How do you get good at doing that to the point that it begins to be your dominant thought train so that when you get up in the morning, instead of feeling worried about your day and anxious about your day and fearful about, you know, the fact that you don't have what you want in your life yet and yet why is it taking so long or any of those kind of thoughts that you 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 eventually go to this way of talking to yourself that simply is encouraging. It's encouraging and not only encouraging, it becomes inspiring, you know, so that you're not just trying to psych yourself up, but in a way you are. But what you're doing is you're you're developing a new way that you talk to yourself. So in any situation, you know, you you walk in the kitchen and find that the uh, the 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 pipe became disconnected between your kitchen sink and your dishwasher last night. And, and there's two inches of water on the kitchen floor you know, or whatever. There's an inch of water, you know, and you go, you know, what self-talk do you go to? You know, um, do you go to the one that says, oh, this is horrible. You know, oh my God, this, you know, or do you go, OK, oh, my gosh, this look at this. I'm going to I'm going to get this taken care of. This is I'm going to get I'm, there's got to be an easy way to get this water out of here. And um, I'm going to find out what happened and I'm going to get it fixed. And well, let's see, I've got to be to work in two hours, in an hour. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so, you know, but but can you it's not. You know, and not to make ourselves wrong, if we go, oh, my God, I hate this. This is terrible. This sucks. Oh, my God. This fuck. This, oh, I'm sorry. This is really bad. You know, and you go to some negative self-talk. But, but you know, that's okay, too. You know, you find a way to always be in that self-forgiveness. That self. That's Abraham right. said, instead of the, using the word forgiveness, use the word acceptance, self-acceptance. You know, like, I accept yeah. myself exactly as I am. That's good. You don't need to be forgiven. So, you know, you can say. But, I mean, forgiveness still has a lot of traction for a lot of people, so I can relate to it. You had a strong feeling about forgiveness, so it's a good thing. But, uh, you know, the word forgiveness, I think we're out of time. But we are completely anyway. out, yes. But, but that's all right. I agree with you. Let's do this on Monday and Tuesday. I think it's a good thing to do. And okay. in, in the meantime, Please. have a great weekend. And uh, I look forward to talking to you then. Okay, beautiful. And we'll invite you all back next time as well here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.